What's going on, everybody? Howie Spangler, Tales from the Green Room, episode number 39. Oh, man. Um, just got some, got some weird news. Uh, Stan Lee has passed away. Stan Lee, dead at 95. Comic book fucking genius creator. Spider-Man, the Hulk. Oh, man. You name it. Ugh. X-Men. Oh, God damn, the Avengers. Man, what a bum out. I'm sorry, I just found this. I I just got the phone with uh, Dom from the Supervillains, who is my guest today, and came back here to do the recap and intro and all that. And, uh, oh, man. That's a bum out, dude. I just watched Black Panther again last night. Playing Spider-Man on PlayStation still, like... Sorry, I'm processing. I'm processing it. Comic books were a huge part of my youth. Like, Batman, you know, 89. That was the first time that I really saw Batman. Like, my dad had shown me, like, the Batman uh, TV shows from the 60s, all the reruns, you know. But, like, he took us to see the movie in 89. And that really busted it open, you know. And when I was, like, 11, 12, 13, I started collecting comic books. X-Men, Spider-Man, Spawn, you know, man, that's crazy, I mean, he lived a long life, he was 95, damn, that's heavy, I'm going to dedicate this episode to uh, the memory of Stan Lee. Wow, man, so many fucking memories. How weird is it that <laughs> I'm doing a, an episode from with Dom from the Supervillains? I don't know, it's just weird, right? Is that weird? Is it just me? Oh, man. Cheers to Stan Lee and all the wonderful cre- creations. The Man, the characters. I mean, that shit's going to go on forever. You know, this guy was a part of that. Insane. Ah, <clears throat> switching gears. Um, yeah, today I'm talking to Dom Moresco from the Supervillains. We had a great talk. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Haven't really had a whole lot of time to talk to, to that dude. And uh, we catch up whenever we're, when we're in Orlando and usually get drinks at uh, barbecue bar or the lodge or something like that down there in downtown Orlando. Uh, he's a good dude. Known him for a while. And uh, he's super villains put out records with Law Records, the, the Pepper guys, and so we're all fam from that. And uh, did did some touring together. God, it's like eight, eight and a half years ago now. Um, played some shows here and there after that, and uh, it was nice to catch up. Um, <clears throat> check out my YouTube channel if you get a chance. YouTube.com/slash Howie Spangler. Got some vlogs up there, and um, I'm also getting uh, these podcasts up there as well. So if you happen to be on YouTube at work or something, you want to put it on, listen to the podcast. But uh, interesting video content, you know, fun stuff I've got. I just hit 300 subscribers, so that's pretty cool. Um, that'd be rad if you uh, subscribed and hit the bell and all that as well to get the notifications. Um, Ballyhoo's got more shows with Real Big Fish starting on 23rd of this month. 
Skanksgiving. That's in Sayreville, New, New Jersey. And then we're kind of running around the south a little bit. And then we're going to break off and do headliners uh, down in Florida starting on the 30th. Indigestion. Mm. I started intermittent fasting, everybody. Uh, so let's see. I'm using this app. It's called Zero. And uh, let's see. Zero, yeah. So I'm on day three. I'm on day three. So I eat during the day and I fast at night. Okay. So I always thought fasting was like weird. You know, I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'll be hungry. You know, I'm actually not, not really feeling that hungry the last two nights. Uh, so the first day I did, <clears throat> the first day I did 14 hours. That was, uh, yeah, that was on Saturday. Today is Monday. So yeah, I did 14 hours and basically I stopped, stopped eating, um, it was like around seven o'clock or something like that and picked it up around nine and uh that next morning and it felt felt fine and then that day two i did 13 hours i'm trying to find the the sweet spot really um i got to try to make it like i'm trying to find with my schedule a good balanced time and i figure like i'll probably stop eating at like 8 p.m. now. That's when I'll call it. 8 p.m. And then I'll pick it up the next day, probably like 10 a.m. Seems about right. Maybe I'll do 7 to 9. We'll see. But um, I'm trying to feel like what the what the best time for me to do it. Fasting overnight, obviously not that hard because you're sleeping most of the time. Um, but basically, <clears throat> I'm doing, uh, if I fast for 14 hours, that means I have an eating window of 10 hours. I'm trying to get down to 9 trying to get down to nine hours i've heard that's optimal um rhonda patrick dr rhonda patrick check her out she has a podcast called found my fitness and um she really knows what she's talking about so uh if you're interested at all in losing weight or just trying to feel better even if it's just a few pounds um and you still like to eat uh, you just have to eat less, like set up a, a restricted time. Like I can eat between this time and this time and just don't eat the rest and then go to sleep and wake up and you can start eating again. I don't know. You got to find what's best for you. Uh, this app said that <clears throat> on the, uh, the circadian one, the circadian rhythm is the thing that we're all evolution has made us, uh, based on, it's like a clock. It's a 24 hour clock and when the sun comes up it means our bodies and our brains are ready to get up and when the sun goes down body starts kind of chilling out and like enzyme enzymes and like mitochondria and stuff like stop working is hard um i think that's right and i'm still reading books and uh <clears throat> that's when your body's ready to go to sleep right so if you can get in line with your with your circadian rhythm um and then pair the fasting with that you can you could have potential to lose, lose a lot of weight and kind of get to where you want to be um and it's not unhealthy to do this some people think it's like you need to eat like all day long have the three square meals you don't you don't have to do that like you can you find what works for you you eat when you're hungry you don't have to like these kind of like the food industry kind of set all that shit up you know i don't want to get all the conspiracy theory and all you know, and everything but um definitely check out some reading you know if you don't 
Don't listen to me. Fuck me. This is just kind of what I've been, what I've gathered. But uh, yeah. So on day three, I'll let you know how it's going over time. I need to lose like 15 pounds, dude. Seriously, you wouldn't think if you look at me like everybody like sees me like that, that sees me they think I'm like this big skinny dude. Which, yeah, I have a skinny frame for sure. But dude, the gut starting to show. I'm a dad. I got two kids. You know. Trying to stop drinking beer as much, if at all. You know, I'm just trying to be better, trying to be more healthy. Okay, let's get into the show. <laughs> uh, Dom Moresco from the Supervillains, everybody. Give it up. Dom, what's going on, man? Howie, how you doing today, buddy? I'm great. I'm great. Finally getting to do this with you. Yeah, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm ready for this. We've been, you've been coaching me well, and I, I'm ready to say all the right things. Let's hope uh, the time was, was worth it. <laughs> we spent months training for this. this yeah, seriously. I, there's very few things in life that I've trained for as much as this right here, right now. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty important, like... We get about 500 streams over here per episode, so, you know, not too shabby. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's better than talking to my neighbors. You know, they're, they're fucking awful. <laughs> you have awful neighbors? Uh, no, not really. I'm just talking shit. I think one can hear me. <laughs> but anyways. So what's up, man? How you been? I, I have not been too bad. Everything is good. Just got back from St. Thomas. Uh we ran the gambit down there and had a few shows and had a few beers. wasn't too bad. It was a really good time, actually. Uh, I know you guys have been down there before as well, but we uh, we've got this really crazy villa this time where we all stayed, and uh, it really kind of made the experience, uh, you know, that much better when you have a nice place to stay and there's a pool, like an infinity pool, this place, hot tub, everything was out of control. Damn, dude, I didn't I didn't get so, an infinity pool when I went. Yeah, it had a nice, a super nice view of, uh, it's right by Red Hook. Um, I'm sure you know where that's at. I don't know if the, our listeners know where Red Hook is, but it's kind of where you catch the ferry over to St. John. It's a nice little fun little area, a bunch of bars and a bunch of cool stuff happening. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So how many shows? Uh, we did three shows and we, we kept them all on St. Thomas's trip. We didn't go to St. John for the first time in I don't know how long. Um, we did, uh, Rum Shandy, which is in Frenchtown, and then we did Hull Bay, and then the last night was on Honeymoon Beach. Well, actually, the last day. <laughs> we have a cameo. Yes, Look we out, got a kids. cameo. What's up, baby? What? Okay. okay, get mommy to help you with that, okay? <laughs> I know. Just, just open the door and tell her that you need help, okay? All right. I love you. <laughs> that's funny yeah that's uh that's what what happens when you when you work from home yeah i hear you my dog barks at me once in a while too man <laughs> <laughs> same experience <laughs> completely the same oh lord yeah that's awesome man that, you know i always uh i always hold you guys in the highest respects for being able to juggle both those things at the same time man i really do <laughs> oh man it's it's not easy i'll tell you it's um and now and i've got two two kids yeah. so it's like 
you know, just that much more going on. And the older she gets, like, they're both in activities and school and all that. So it's just a lot going on. So <clears throat> juggling this and, you know, everything else, it's, it's quite a feat. Absolutely. I can totally understand that, man. That is, I, like I said, I, I always just, uh, you know, whenever I think about you guys or see you guys on the road, I'm just like, you know, give you guys some extra daps because I know you guys got some crazy responsibilities, you know, both on the road and most definitely at home, you know? <clears throat> Thanks, man. Yeah. It's always good to see you. It's like, if you're ever in, or ever in Orlando, like Dom's the guy to go to, like you want to hang with him, everybody. Um, uh, that's if you can pull me out of my hole at this point. We're uh, <laughs> we're starting to do some uh, some rough tracks for some new more recordings, so I am stuck in the bubble. Unless we're doing shows, and then I'm out, you know. But lately, I've been a big old boring dickhead. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. So, a new record coming? Yeah, me and Scott started working on it a couple weeks ago. We we both kind of just get in the mindset of. You know, because you know how the villains' records go. There's Scott songs and there's Dom songs. You know what I mean? So we we both kind of just try to challenge ourselves to see who can write the most songs and write the best songs. And then we put our heads together and we, you know, finish the songs out that we, you know, have brought to each other. So I think uh, that's a that's a great dynamic. Absolutely, that's how it's always been. You know, to be honest, I mean, I, I I've said this before. That, you know, when we were younger, I really just started writing music just to push him to write more. You know what I mean? I, I started writing music just to be like, well, you know, if it's going to take this long to write records. Come on, man. I'll start writing music. And then, you know, naturally, I think that pushed him to write more and better tunes. You know what I mean? And I, him and I together, when we do bring our ideas together, it's crazy how over, I think, 18 years, more than that. I don't know how many freaking years. 20, 20 years, I don't know. But it's it's always crazy how whenever him and I start writing together, we really click and we still understand what we're both trying to do at the same time. It's, it's kind of crazy. That's why I've always, you know, loved being in this band with Scart, you know, through the years and the ups and downs and the, the feast and famine, you know. it's We're still just kind of clicking with each other musically, which is really cool. You know? That's great, man. That's uh it's nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of and also to <clears throat> to push each other. Sorry, I'm kind of under the weather. My allergies are like kicking my ass lately. <clears throat> Trying not to cough in everybody's ear. Um, yeah, having that dynamic and like being able to push each other to just be the best you can be um, as a, like a songwriting team within the band, I think that's great. Um, I, I tend to write a lot on my own and then I bring the stuff to the band and then anything that's not done, we'll flesh it out together. But uh, <clears throat> like I've been writing a lot of the stuff on my own, just you know, because I have a bunch of time to, I, I I make a bunch of time to do that here in my studio, and uh, so it can get frustrating. And when you, when you feel like your deadline's starting to come up, like you're uh, you got to get back in the studio soon. You you got the date booked, and it's like when I feel like I don't have enough songs, it starts to get pretty crazy. And <clears throat> we're that band that like doesn't really rehearse that much, which is fucking terrible we should be definitely getting together but we've never had like a solid space i would i would be willing to put money that you've rehearsed 10 times as much as we've rehearsed <laughs> in the past three years i would i would put money on that <laughs> we are the worst because you know whatever you know we we're, we do so many headlining shows like you know very rarely lately have we been doing support slots so i mean we get to a venue every day you know we can do whatever we want to for our you know 
for our time. So it's we, we generally use our, our line check, sound check time to do our practicing and go over things that we've, you know, we feel like we kind of were sloppy on. or And, I mean, generally it always sounds better because we're all sober at that point. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> totally get it, man. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> sound checks is, is a great way. Should definitely take advantage of, uh, you know, the time while you're up there to work on stuff and tighten up things like that. We try to work on like transitions and things, um, uh, stuff stuff for the show. Like we'll we'll run over like songs and stuff to brush up on them and everything. But it's nice to work on like cool transitions to where I like to keep the show moving. I don't like to stop too much. And uh, what are you trying to say, Howie? Oh, I don't know. I I just <laughs> you know, Scarlett and I over the years when we were younger, we always tried to rush in between songs, but we never did. We we, we always wanted to, but we ended up just talking to each other half the time. And I I mean, I've I've I don't I, it, it, to me, I don't even care anymore. Like I'm you're going to come see a Super Bowl and sure you're going to come see what we prepared for you and what we're going to do. It's not going to be like you know, fucking canon tune after tune after tune after tune. You know what I mean? Like part of the reason why we like going up there is because we like to talk to people. We like to, you know, go back and forth with people and each other. And that's part of what we do up there, you know? And that, that's so. the difference. Like we're, uh, <clears throat> we're goofy dudes and we definitely like say dumb shit on stage, but like, um, you guys, you guys are, have, just been you put it together that way years ago to where you're sort of that band that like fucks around with the crowd and stuff like between songs and takes like extended breaks between songs and things like and that's cool like and you have funny things to say me i feel like i just don't want to talk because i feel like an idiot when i talk and i, I, try, and I try to you know what i mean i try to crack a joke and it's like it just doesn't land and that, that's happened to me so many times in the past i'm just like i'm just gonna just fuck it i'm just gonna keep playing <laughs> I'm, I'm best at that but um that's why I blame uh, No Effects and Less Than Jake for our, for for how we, uh, for how we act up there. I mean, literally, uh, you know, No Effects. Uh, how much fun is it to watch those guys just talk shit and go back and forth with each other? I mean, it's just hilarious, you know. Dude, Less Than Jake, you know. Less Than Jake are the kings of that shit. I mean, they're just the they the say ballers. the best shit. Yeah, I mean, Chris is, Chris is a funny dude, man. And Roger, is, I mean, Roger, for some reason, always like the jelly to his peanut butter when it comes to something. You know what I mean? It's, they're so I, know, I love, love those guys. They're, 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 I'm always, always, always stoked to hang out with those dudes and to, like, just listen to them talk and grab what I can from them before we put them into the retirement home or whatever. You know? <laughs> Those guys are great, man. They have a, they... Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because I, I just feel like, I mean, we've been around them so much. I kind of just feel like, I mean, I forget that I grew up listening to them sometimes. You know what I mean? I, I We, man, Scar and I, you'd be hard-pressed to, back in the day, find our cars without a Lesson Jake CD or a, you know, or a Rancid CD or a No Effect CD or a, you know. Yeah. Suicide Machines. God, those guys, you know, Suicide Machines, that, that was a great representation of what we are always trying to be you know just these guys were great destruction by definition insane. i mean it, that's like i don't know that there's a better record than that as far as what i like to listen to when it comes to scott punk you know such a great fucking record i remember spinning that shit over and over again like scratches on the disc you know for sure yeah it's definitely in there 
along with my like real big fish CD and uh, you know all my Green Day records and like yeah I mean I I you know I I'm always so mixed up with Real Big Fish I love those guys like their music so much I'm so into it and I feel like when we went on tour with them I feel like I didn't do a good enough job to extend my myself because I really would have liked to get to know them better. And I feel like we didn't spend enough time, I think, uh, when we had a chance to hang out with Real Big Fish. Mm-hmm. Um, that was also the tour we went with uh, English B2. And for some reason, I just kind of gravitated more toward their camp that trip for some reason. And I I mean, I got some great, great knowledge from, you know, from Dave. And I mean, the whole reason why my drums ha- are in the front at this point are, is because of Dave Wakeling came up to me one day at a sound check and told me to push him up front. Huh. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, you know, push him up front, see how it goes for the rest of the trip. If you don't like it, then change it back, whatever. And I mean, that's, it's all, it's all history from there. My drums literally were pushed to the front. I mean, we, I always kind of wondered that cause it kind of made sense, but Dave yeah. really stepped in there and was like, Hey, push him up to the front. When you play a show, tell him that's how you want it. Yada, yada, you know? Wow. So actually always, ever since I then, that. that, yeah, yeah, that's uh, it was pretty crazy. It was great to, you know, just hear stories of his from the Clash and like all this crazy, crazy nonsense from back in the, uh, you know, the days of all those good punk rockers and those good like original ska rockers. You know, that's so cool, man. Yeah, I love that. Um, <clears throat> so when was the tour with uh, when did that tour go down? Real Big Fish, English Beat. That was um, man, I'm the worst with dates. Uh, that was probably, I want to say like four years ago, five years ago. I, I mean, I'm really terrible with time. I really, really am. Um, it was probably <laughs> nine years ago. <laughs> it's seriously, it was probably like 14 years ago, but I'm just like, dude, it happened like yesterday, bro. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's, let's take everybody back. Let's go, let's go back. When was the, what was the first show, man? First supervillain show ever. The first supervillain show, again, with Scar, would probably be able to tell you better because I just don't remember things. But I would, it would either have to be like a, like at a high school, I would say, Sounds at our high right. school back, at our, at our high school back in the day, or we, yeah, yeah, I would have to say it was probably at our high school, man. Um, back in the day in Kissimmee, there was a little uh, tavern called, I don't know what it was called. I tried. Um, <laughs> Anyways, there's a little tavern there, and we played there one time. I believe was like one of our first, 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 like outside of playing for our high school buddies, you know, like playing in an actual bar. Um, yeah, man, it's been so long, dude. It's been fucking 20 years, bro. Amazing. It's so it's so crazy. I it blows my mind. I mean, we were we were on tour with the Toasters when we were 18 or 19 years old, and from there we all just kind of realized what we wanted to do you know and you know again feast and famine like we just stuck out all the trap and all the boring times with no shows and you know Um, and uh you know eventually pepper came along and then you know i was gonna ask uh when did you meet yasad and those guys dude we met yasad and brett and Kaleo, uh, Kaleo, whatever the hell you want to call him. Kaleo, uh, I like that. Kaleo. Uh, we met those guys. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we played this uh, surf, like this release party for this surf film 
Uh, we, we did two shows. We did one with them in, like, I want to say Cocoa Beach, and the other one was in South Florida somewhere, Miami, I think, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all just really hit it off, and that's a crazy story, too. The first time that we met Pepper is the first day that Scar met his wife. And she right. was friend. She was friends with Pepper guys, and uh, Scart. Yeah, Scart met his wife down there. Um, I believe it was in Miami, and uh, yeah, he uh, ended up marrying that gal. Pepper but knows uh, yeah, we people laid. Yeah, so we we definitely we met them a long, long ass time ago. I mean, I'm talking forever ago, probably in the early 2000s, maybe if it wasn't 2000, 2001, something like that. And uh, we ended up catching up with them. This was, okay, This also, this was before they had a song on the radio. They had, you know, any of the war Tour craziness going on, you know. So we caught back up with them after all that happened. Um, they played in Orlando, and we, like, finagled our way on their bus because, you know, I mean, all we knew was those guys. We didn't really know, uh, you know, how to hit up the tour manager and be like, yada, yada, you know. So before, uh, you know, before you know it, me and Scarborough, you were using our House of Blues channels to just kind of sneak in and get to the back. And we ended up getting to their bus, hit up Yassad, and uh, we brought him, I believe it was Grow Your Own. And we asked him, you know, we just gave it to him and we started talking about the record label, yada, yada. And pretty much from right there, that's when Grow Your Own got added to our records. That's great. So. If I'm telling that story properly, which I, I believe I am, but yeah. I love these stories about, I've talked to um, a lot of my friends in this whole scene, and it's, a lot of these stories like that are the same. It's like they somehow make their way to meet the band, you know, somehow backstage or on the bus or whatever, they find themselves chatting with them, and it turns into a record deal, you know, over time. I just I just love that. I just love this whole, like, punk rock DIY um, uh, approach, you know, get in there. Well, I think and- it's just important for, for younger bands to realize and understand that this thing we do is not a competition. You know what I mean? Like we're not out here trying to play up against Ballyhoo. We're not up here trying to play against Pepper. We're up here trying to play with Ballyhoo and with Pepper. So when you're playing your shows and you're playing with some band you never heard of before from Hawaii, you know what I mean? Fucking be nice to them. Be cool. Give, be hospitable. You know, be nice to them because you never know if in two years they're going to have a hit on the radio and they're going to sign you to their label and make your band a legitimate national act that makes money playing music. You know Fucking what I mean? Exactly. Couldn't have I mean, that's better. super key. You never know who you're going to be sitting with and talking shit with. So fucking be nice to people, man. Be hospitable. Be cool. You know, don't be a dickhead because you think your band's better. Because your pro- your band probably fucking isn't either. <laughs> so <laughs> your band true. probably isn't better. So, so just you know, play the cards you're dealt and be nice to people, man. That's the most thing I could ever tell a young band when it comes to being, you know, just doing this thing that we do. Because there's a million bands out there, and a lot of them are really, really, really fucking good. And there's zero you can do about it, other than try to be involved with it and try to be friends and try to put together shows with these people, you know, not a competition. Dude, kindness is going to take you so much further than fucking being a dickhead. Seriously. It, it really is, man. Like we, we've met so many bands over the years and <clears throat> only, I, I really only like a couple bands have been like weird to us. And I can't even remember who they are, honestly, but like 
and that's how much it means to me, I guess. But like um, most of the bands that, that we've played with and toured with and even just met in passing have been super cool. And because uh, everybody just kind of realizes, especially these days, you know, um, it's just it's harder to get heard because the, the play field, the, the playing field has been leveled by, you know, Spotify and Apple Music and things like that. And distribution is everywhere. Anyone can get their music out there. And whoever is pushing the hardest is going to get heard, you know. <clears throat> and I think that everyone realizes that. And it's just, if you're just out, out to make friends and, and uh, allies and things like that, I think it's just a way better, a way better approach. Because like you said, you never know, man. One of these bands might pop off and you're friends with them and they'll take you on tour and put them in front of their crowd or they'll, you know, put you on their label. And it's just, just so much more can happen. <clears throat> I, yeah, I mean, even that, that's a whole other topic too, on just how the business is at these, at this time, you know, it's more difficult than I ever imagined it, it ever would be, you know? Yeah. Like it, it, it went from being so like uh, one way of going about it to so many different ways of going about it. And, you know, it's just, it's crazy, man. People don't buy anything anymore. They just stream it, and that's cool. And whatever, I do the same thing. I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. I don't really buy records. I just kind of listen to what I like. I mean, if I really like something, of course, I'm going to buy it. And I'm gonna, but again, I'm not going to buy a CD. I'm not going to buy a record. I'm not going to buy anything else. I'm going to just go on the old iTunes and just buy whatever I want right there, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it makes things difficult for us, too, because it's like, what's the, what's the use of putting together an album of tunes that are all going to like kind of flow with each other. And you, you can't paint a picture anymore now, you know, it's like you're giving everybody a single French fry at a time, as opposed to just giving them a whole pack of fries or a whole meal rather that, you know, you can paint for somebody, you know, it's difficult now. Now it's just like, here, here's your wham, bam, one tune that you like. And I hope you, you know, hope you like that one song. Cause you know, whatever, it's just, it's hard. I used to love, you know, with, if you listen to our, uh, like, Robots record, I love that record because it goes from beginning to end. It's like watching a, or listening to a play, you know. But, you know, it's not going to make any sense if you freaking download one freaking song. You know, you got to download the whole thing and listen to it from end to end with your headphones on after you had a fucking mild buzz. Dude, that shit is dope. I will say that to anybody who asks. That record is badass if you just sit with your headphones in and escape for 15 or 20, I think it's 25 minutes long or something like that. It's like, it, it sucks because you can't do that anymore. You know, you can only write songs that, you know, people are, you know, your best songs ever that you think people are going to like, or they're going to skip over it and go to the next one. You know, you can't write, you can't write like a, a whole meal anymore. It's just like a, a fucking single double cheeseburger or whatever. It sucks. <laughs> you know? It's very interesting to see, um, where it goes once you give it to the public <clears throat> you know like how do you maintain the artistry when you know you put your songs out there and then you just see a month later after the record's been out you see you look on the you know spotify charts or whatever it is and you see all the songs separated now amongst your the rest of your catalog you know the, and the ones at the top are the ones that people are digging and one that you thought, man, everybody's going to love this is kind of at the bottom of your, you know, your top 50 or something like that. It's very interesting. I was going to say, I, I've, I've come across that and I feel like it's placement. You know what I mean? I feel like it's all in placement wherever it's at. And if it's for some reason in a higher traffic spot, you know what I mean? Like 
that happens. I saw a track of ours just go up like super big and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like this is an old track. And I guess it just got added to some somewhere with some high volume and high traffic. And I mean, it's up there with some of the bigger tunes, you know, so well, that's great. It's, it's wild how that happens, man. You never can tell. It's what I'm saying. It's just so hard to focus on what you're supposed to be doing better or doing worse at, you know, <laughs> it's I, I think it is, yeah. uh, I think it is nice to, um, it's a good practice to, uh, look at the look at that stuff like look at the charts and and see like where your songs are sitting like i'm not i don't mean the like the charts with every other band i mean on your own chart and seeing what songs are doing better what your fans are really listening to and what they're not and you can you can go well okay maybe i'll maybe the next record i'll focus on writing more songs in that kind of vein or whatever which is fine um but i think also you should just you should just you know, do what you do and do what you feel, feel, do what you feel is right because it's so subjective because you just never know. You never know. Like I said, you might think that like, oh my God, our fans are going to love this song. I've had so many songs where like, our fans are going to love this shit. And then it's just not anywhere near like our top 50 or top 20. It's so wild. And then songs that you just never thought were going to pop with your fans, they're just up there in the top 10. It's, it's crazy to me. Um, I'm. I, I just don't think it's very fair. I, it's 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 crazy because I don't think it's fair for the fans if we write to them. That's not fair. It doesn't make any sense because they're coming to us because they want to hear our band. That I mean, if if we're trying to play to them, like it just doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? If we're trying to think what they would want to hear, right. then why wouldn't they just go listen to their own shit? You know what I mean? Like. They come to listen to Supervillains because we do different. I like to think we do different things, and we yeah. do, you know, things our way. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And we write our music, so it's tough to to write to people like that because, I mean, uh, it's already blown up in my face once or twice. You know what I mean? And I've tried to go where I think things should go for our band, and that that blew up in my face hard because I, you know, was wrong. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I feel like it's more. Uh, important for us to, to just be ourselves and to write what we want to write and write what our band should write because I mean at least that way if you're wrong at least it's your own fucking music and you're not just trying to suck fucking wiener you know what I mean like I totally agree with that man totally agree with that it's brutal you know it's brutal <clears throat> I think people see through bullshit and uh, your fans will know you know if, if uh, we had some people come up to us <clears throat> last year so uh, this comes up a lot on this on this show, but um, the girls' record, I love that record. I, I'm very proud of it. I think it turned out really well. And it's a certain the 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 songs is it's 12 songs and they're all sort of in this sort of like pop reggae kind of vibe. And we've always done pop reggae, but this was more focused, right? And there's no there's no big rock guitars or anything like that, like our previous stuff and like our current record, Detonate, and. Um, it was our biggest release ever. Now the rollout was huge. We had we had all the we had all the content ready to go. Everything, all the footage was shot, all the imagery, everything was like the visuals. Everything was. It was a really great rollout. It was three months of just pounding it, and every week there was just something new to look at, but still themed out by the record. And it was like the best rollout we've ever had. Um, definitely played into our first week sales and all that stuff. Um, but we had a few fans come to us, and they, I could tell they weren't into it as much. They liked the more rock stuff. They felt like a couple of the songs, or maybe the record as a whole, wasn't wasn't really from the heart. And I, 
I politely disagreed. You know, I was like, no, man, it's from the heart. Everything I write is from the heart. It's from some experience that I've had. Maybe you just don't feel like hearing songs about partying and girls. That's, you know what I mean? A lot of the songs are like love songs and things like that and failed relationships. <clears throat> I just didn't go so deep, you know, in that way. Like, I can go dark. Our new record and Daydreams and Pineapple Grenade had some darker stuff on it. And this, this new record's like pretty dark. And our fans fucking love it. They love it. There's not been one negative thing like there was with the girls record and um i think people just want to hear they want to hear like the visceral the real fucking stuff you know um and they want you to go as deep as possible and this time it just worked out that way so i think that you should always be striving to just write what you want because this is this is you you know it's you don't try to write what other people are telling you to write things like that I totally agree with that. Well, it's tough too, like you're saying, when you have that one record that you think is the fucking jam. I like our postcards record, which is my favorite. I don't care what anybody fucking says. That's a great record. I, that is that is that record is dope, man. It's like it's just it, it, it. We kind of stopped with so much of the reggae and the ska for that record and did some rock, and I fucking love that shit, man. I thought it was cool, and uh, you know, same thing, like. And, you know, the fucking kids like, meh, you know, <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm like, you know what? I'm real sorry, but this is kind of what we're writing. This is how we're feeling. We're not like just trying to play the same, you know, white reggae crap and trying to fucking, because that's what, you know, at the, at, at that time, that's what people were fucking all over and they still are, you know, but I don't really know what to say other than that, you know, we're writing our music and if you want to write your own music, by all means, write that shit, but. All of us really like that record. I, there's a lot of dope songs on there. There's a lot of fun to play songs. And that's the other thing I think people need to understand too is that those straight floor on the floor songs are boring as fuck to play. And we're out here to have fun. You know what I mean? Like I want to play, you know, Robots in Purgatory that has five different time changes and is fast as shit and go, goes up and down and slow and fast. I like that shit. I don't want to sit around playing over and over again that shit gets boring <laughs> you know so I, I feel like the uh you know the uh the postcards record kind of led us into that robots record which was just like our straight up we weren't even thinking about anything other than writing these songs in a row to make something like a movie like you could pop in and listen to like a, it's a movie for your fucking ears you know what i mean so i love that i feel like it's important for us to write what we are you know who we are and what we are you know yeah, huh. I think not, not, anything else is just bullshit, you know. Yeah, I think it's important to get your your vision out there and as uh, as uncompromised as possible. Like, Absolutely. Like, don't let you know the minute the minute you give like uh, uh what, what's the word I'm trying to think of um oh the 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 creative uh, ah Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> drink creative. some more coffee man it works for me tell me about it man um uh oh uh creative control like the when you start giving up creative control to people that aren't artists that's when your shit suffers like and i'm talking about uh management agents and and anyone else that's not in your band you know if when it's the the three of you the four of you the five of you those are the people that matter when it comes to the well, music. I mean, 
I'm from fucking Orlando, dude. I know about boy bands, bro. And that's what, unfortunately, shit is going to. It's going to fucking boy bands, but just they play instruments and, you know, you got people just putting together shit and it just, whatever, man. It's it's cool if you get down like that. But to me, I feel like I just like a raw band that plays music because they, 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 you know, they believe in their music and they believe in their tunes, you know? Yeah, I mean... uh I'm uh I've always had like a like a little even though I'm definitely not talking shit about boy bands because Chris Kirkpatrick's the motherfucking man, son. <laughs> dude, I mean I mean come on, Timberlake is fucking amazing too, dude. He's like Oh, I mean, I, I'm not saying that, you know, Chris Kirkpatrick's the you know, the uh, virtuoso maniac best singer on the planet. I'm He's just saying dude, that though, right. If, like, you got stranded on an island with somebody, it would be cool with him because he's a fun guy and I like him a lot. Fun to party with. <laughs> That's good cool. Dude. That's awesome. He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've always had, like, a, a thing for, for the radio just since I was a kid. Like, melodies and things. Like, I can, I can appreciate, even, even today, like, things that are super popular, I can appreciate, like, a good hook or something. But for the most part, I, I just can't get into any of that garbage. I think it's mostly garbage. Yeah. Um, just radio stuff in general, not just boy bands and things like that, but just like the things that pass for like good music these days. And maybe it's me getting older, or I don't, I don't know. But I like to think, I'd like to think I, I embrace the future and what's going on. But where, at what point do you uh, do you call it bullshit? You know, it's like, come on, man, is this seriously what what is huge? Like, is this what people listen to? There's a couple levels there. I mean, number one, I don't even think people play regular instruments anymore. It's all like digital sounds anymore, right? I mean, at this point, there's a lot of that for sure. I mean, on the radio, exactly. You know, especially. I mean, there's nobody is. There's no rock on there. There's no distortion. There's no. Yeah. You know, and even the butt rock that you have to listen to on the radio station that's on the butt rock channel. It's like they've got production too like, now, man. You, I mean, like I understand getting some production, but damn, to where it doesn't even sound like regular instruments anymore. It's just, you know, yeah. you like to embrace the future. I like to think that everything after 1998 sucks. You know, so. dude. Um, I just the other day I just talked about this on one of my shows. Just how the 90s had the best fucking music. Like, I mean, hip hop that was the jam. So much better, dude. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> now it sounds so dumb. All these dudes rhyming couch with couch and shit. You can't do that shit, son. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly changed. That's for sure. I I can yeah, get down with know. some of the beats uh, these days, but I'll, not not most of it. I'm, like, and and don't make me go in my freaking closet and get my cane because I will shake my fucking cane, bro. <laughs> I am serious. I don't know, man. It's whatever. I don't know. You just don't see uh, as much as back, you know, back in the day of just bands. You know, there's no more bands anymore, man. No, it's like, and, and if there are, it's it's that butt rock shit that I can't fucking stand. You know, and and uh, it's you just don't hear. Um, there's some there's some pretty cool like alternative rock bands. See, alternative music, especially like alternative radio, is mostly um, like dance music kind of dance pop shit maybe some some light guitar melodic stuff here and there but tons of reverb on the vocals and like just and some of that's pretty cool um 
but man, for the most part, it's just, I don't know. But you, 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 you can hear some like alternative rock bands. There are some rock bands out there. They're just not getting a ton of play. Like when I listen, there's certain uh, bands I found on like Spotify playlists. I'm like, oh shit, that's cool. And it's like a rock band, you know, but they're not like, it's not like a Seether or a Theory of a Dead Man type of butt rock sound. It's, it's, it's this cool, like, kind of reminds me of the 90s a little bit. <clears throat> they're definitely out there. It's just not very well represented, represented on, you know, the radio and the pop culture. Yeah, and our and our bus, I'm pretty well stuck to listening to death metal with uh, the boys because, you know, for for dudes who play Scott reggae, uh, yeah, man, these guys sure do love. There's some death metal. Same with my band. Crazy. Same with my band. It is insane. Like I don't even get it. Like I get into the bus and we'll be like, oh my god, it's like, it's like they're about to worship Satan or something in there half the time. <laughs> I don't I don't even know what they're doing with it. Yeah, I'll walk but on. They're, they're all so mellow. It's so weird, dude. It's the weirdest thing, man. Mm-hmm. No, I'll walk on our little bus sometimes, and the fucking metal is blasting, and like those dudes are like air guitar, one foot up on the bench, just fucking ripping after a set, you know, like smoking a bunch of weed and just fucking going at it. It's crazy, man. <clears throat> all my guys are metalheads. And, uh, well, you know, like BJ does a good deal of the driving, you know what I mean? And I swear to God, I love him. But, oh, my God, it's just like, that's the soundtrack to me going to sleep every night. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> and you got to go easy on him because he's driving. So you just be like, fuck. Man. So Dri- Drivers got to be comfortable, you know? You know what I mean? Got to be like, in the it's, zone. It's, it's so brutal, though. The death metal soundtrack, you always have nightmares and shit. Like, ah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got a question for you here. Okay. Fuck, Mary kill. Fuck, Mary kill. Tribal seeds, iration, and revolution. Go. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, okay. Okay. Definitely. Um, this is a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's why I asked you. It is. It is. Maybe, maybe, uh, fuck iration because those guys are so, like, sweet and sexy. <laughs> right? It's like you just want to fuck to their music. Um. <laughs> Merry Revolution. Let's say that. Eric's so nice. <laughs> He'd be a nice guy to spend the rest of your life with. You know, uh, with Eric, the, the first time I met him, I was all mangled. And it was in Orlando. And it's totally like the wrong way to meet somebody. I was just super mangled at the social in the, in the small, you know, the small little backstage room they have there. It's like a closet, it's a glorified closet. Yeah. So I walk in there and I was, I, was, I didn't even. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't trying to go like bust Revolution's chops at that point. I don't think I really knew them, so I wasn't really going in there to see them. I was going to see one of the bands that was on their support. But, you know, it's a social. I just fucking play that place a fucking million times. I just walk in like I own the damn place, like usual, you know? Yep. <laughs> I'm smoking cigarettes and I'm blowing it like in everyone's face because I'm so mangled. And Eric's like, uh, who the fuck is this guy? And I was like, <laughs> All right, I think I gotta go. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the first time I ever met uh, Eric. That's pretty funny. Were you yeah. able to uh, redeem yourself at some point? Uh, I don't think so, man. Uh, I don't think so. I just latched on to Marley and uh, called it a day. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I've never, we, uh, you know, I've hung out with Marley a couple of times, but never really had the chance to hang out with the rest of the guys from Revolution, though. All those yeah. guys, all those bands you mentioned, um, Iration, Tribal, uh, Revolution. I mean, 
all those dudes have been fucking nothing but kind to us. Like, any, anytime I meet them, hang out, like, went to, uh, are you smoking weed over there? Uh, no, I'm actually, I was walking to get a coffee. Okay, I was going to say, that's a huge bong rep, dude. No, there's, uh, I was crossing traffic here, um, <laughs> and beautiful, now sunny Orlando, it was raining a little earlier, so I wasn't able to go for a walk earlier, so I figured it'd be nice to go for a walk and talk to my good friend Howard. <laughs> yeah, why not? But anyways, I asked that question because, it, of course, it's hard to, to tell who you're going to kill, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I've been on tour with Tribal Seeds, I did two full tours with those guys and played some other shows. I you feel know. like if you if you tried to kill Tribal Seeds, they'd be the ones out of that whole group to put up the biggest fight. Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys look dangerous. They do look dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> no, those guys are all fucking cool. Like, every band you mentioned, um, nothing but nice to us. And, I mean, that's this whole scene, this whole whatever this is, this whole scene, all the bands that I know have met in passing or whatever, Everybody's just been cool, you know. I've never there's not a ton of dickheads out there. You know, everybody just kind of does their thing and those bands well, I mean, have, what can you what can you say about iration that hasn't been said about a spam musubi? You know what I mean? Like tasty, succulent, a little salty, a little good. They're good any time of the day, you know what I mean? I, I do. I those guys out of out of all the three, I would say uh, iration guys have uh let me pretty much grew up with those guys. I mean, as far as the record label goes and, and the band scene goes and we just bumped into them so many times and those guys are all super cool and i really like micah i like his you know i like his voice and i, I really like how he it just he handles himself and of course you know we've been on tour with micah brown a few times and micah brown is special i he's he's a, he got a special little place in my heart I, I could put him in my pocket and just hold him there they're just like all him. good dudes genuine you know and it's not just because he dropped off like five hundred dollars worth of fireworks in my house and and jetted out of here, but you know I I really like that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's always nice to um, you know when when we're at festivals and things like around the country, just random playing on the same bill with those guys, like <clears throat> being able to say hi and hang out and have a beer or whatever it is, you know. For sure, I believe they're coming here to uh, Iration guys are coming here to Orlando fairly soon they're playing uh so, um, florida man right yeah with freaking weezer how cool is that that's awesome i'm a i'm a big fan huge fan of the great, man. Big, big fan of the weezer the wheeze i checked the out Weez. uh i actually listened to pinkerton earlier this year <clears throat> and i hadn't really listened to it uh when you know ever and really cool record man Wait, you say you haven't heard it? You, you never listened to it ever? Never really listened to it. I, I heard the El Scorcho, oh, you know, the single, and that was about it. And that was years ago. Wow, what was that, that is crazy. Yeah. See, because to me, that is their absolute most dynamite best record. But a lot of people won't tell you that. A lot of people will say that they, it's terrible. But I believe personally that that is uh, far above and beyond all the rest of their records. I love that fucking record. They um they came to Orlando and they played just they played the blue record and they played Pinkerton and I got to go see the Pinkerton. Oh my god. That was a damn good show. That's so cool. <laughs> I've never seen Weezer. Played a festival with them uh, years ago, but didn't didn't get to stay and watch. 
Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of his writing and the hooks that he writes. Man, that that stuff is good, man. That guy knows how to write a fucking pop song, dude. He knows how to write a pop song. He knows how to invoke emotion and then like uh, you know, like he he's very good at painting a picture. And I think that's what I'm talking about right there. That album is a good representation of what I'm talking about. That is a full collection of songs that need to be heard together. You know what I mean? Like it's that I think it's important for those songs to be heard together, you know? Yeah. But I think people are just cheating themselves by skipping out and only listening to one or two. You know? Yeah. Whenever I whenever I hear a like a, a new band or something, it's not that often that I'm turned on to new bands. But uh, I'll check out like their top five or whatever on Spotify, and then I'll I'll put the record on and check it out because I want to see, you know, if there's any other deeper cuts that I might love. You know, I think I think you I think people do definitely owe it to themselves to to listen to a record front to back at least once. I mean, because you got to figure that the guys are all in that mindset of putting these tunes together for a reason. I mean, and all those tunes are put together at the same time when the, the when the you know the vibe. I hate to say vibe because I hate that stupid word, <laughs> but you know when when everybody's kind of just on the same page for that record because we're all sitting together for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. You know. Yeah. So, man, how about Mike Stevie, huh? Dude, crushes. I, I really enjoyed our time with Mike Stevie. I'll be honest, if he <laughs> we had some time, but uh, I would probably be having him do the next one as well. So. He did a great job on uh, on Detonate and your record. Let's talk about nice things. Actually, let's. Uh, I wanted to get into that anyway. Um, so, <clears throat> I love the first track, man. What a great opening song for that album. I will destroy you. <laughs> Fucking rad, and and it's about Mortal Kombat. It's it's basically about Mortal Kombat or, you know, on the, a broader scale, just any kind of thing that you do with your friends. And you know how this is. Like, these guys are all sitting together playing video games. And, I mean, your focus really is just to destroy the next person, to defeat, to win, to be the winner. You know what I mean? And just, you know, it's just it's kind of funny because, it, you know, it says I will destroy you in the title. And it's starting to think that, you know, it's all mean and evil and I want to kill everybody. But it basically is just that. When I'm playing a game against you, I'm sorry, but there's no holds barred. I'm going to destroy you, and I'm going to win. And, <laughs> and a lot of the lyrics have to do with, you know, a, some of them have to do with Mortal Kombat, because when I was writing it, I was playing a lot of Mortal Kombat. And then when I'm done, we can shake hands and be friends. I mean, I hope yeah. I didn't hurt your feelings. I love that. It's just, <laughs> it's it's so funny, man. It's like just ruthless, and then at the end, it's like, yeah, it's just a game, though. You know, it's like, we can still be friends. Absolutely. Like the whole thing is about, you know, uh, what, break into your house, make some food, and then I'll eat your children. Like, I love that line. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's right. one of my favorite lines. What's the one? Uh, I'll, I'll eat your bones and leave you bleeding. Yeah. Uh, take it to the top floor and throw you off the building. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of fun, fun little stuff in there. Great little Easter eggs. I, I think uh, if, if anybody hasn't checked it out, go check out the new record, Nice Things. It's, yeah. That song is fucking great. And I just, the, the energy of it, the whole, the whole, uh, the whole, the vibe, you know, your favorite word, um, the whole vibe of the song is just like in your face the whole time. It just doesn't Absolutely. stop. It's like three and minutes really, of just I, destroy. <laughs> like I said, when, when I was writing it, me, they just had like just arcade open up here in town and me and Tom were playing a lot of Mortal Kombat and I'm just like looking at all the people standing in line waiting to play next and 
you know what I mean? I just, I'm, I'm itching to have somebody else come up and play because I can't wait to kick the shit out of them. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> so I was just kind of taking that feeling and kind of throwing that in there, you know. Plus, you know, we're all pretty competitive dudes over by us. I'm sure you guys are as well. Like, you know, we like to do things and we like to play golf and, yeah, you know, our wee golf and our wee bowling and our stupid video games and oh, all yeah, that Ma- good shit. Mario Party's huge in, on our bus and uh, so is, um, you know, Mario Kart. Nick, Nick, Nick claims, like, he's the, the best fucking Mario Kart player ever and he will destroy you. So, you know, if anybody wants to challenge him. Well, I think it's funny because... We all know that uh, Nick and, and uh, Tom are boyfriends or whatever. Totally. So Tom is most definitely, without a doubt, the best Mario Kart player on our staff over here, what, for sure. What, uh, what can't Tom do, though? Seriously. Dude. Still, still, he is mine, Howie. You can't have him. So, <laughs> yeah. so cut it out. No, no, I don't poach. He, he is so good at everything, man. He, he, he's got to be my favorite little guy in the band because he is mellow. It's quiet, and he just does his job, and he fucking packs up and takes it home. And we, him and I, drive together a lot to the shows in Florida, because you know, like most of the shows in Florida, I don't really would go with the bus, because I don't want to go meet somewhere and wait, yada yada. So I, I usually drive, and Tom lives, you know, a couple blocks away, so he usually drives with me, and he's the best, because he just sits there, and he engages if you engage with him, but if not, he just sits there. And I'm, you know, after a show, the last thing I want to do is sit there and gab. I just kind of want to. You know, get my ears back and and drive. You know, so yeah. Tom is Tom is great though, man. Great piano player, great guitar player. I mean, great guitar player. Dude, incendiary is the word. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty damn good, and he's doing a lot of solo stuff and playing with some. Uh, he's starting some other bands and stuff like that, doing some side project stuff too. So been checking him out, doing that, playing bass for a band, and uh, you know, he's he's. He's still trying to get his solo thing off the off the ground, and we're trying to help him as much as possible over here. But we'll see what ends up happening. Hey, uh, do you want? Is it? Oh, I wonder. Is it possible to get Scart on here as um, well? Probably if you patch him in. Let me see. Let's see if I can do this real quick. All right. Nice. <laughs> it wouldn't let me merge. So no oh, dice. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, we were very, talking about how, how rad Tom is. <laughs> we could talk about that all day. <laughs> uh, seriously, he is he's good, man, for sure. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, so uh, you recorded um, you recorded nice things. Uh, how how long was the process? How long did it take? Like, uh, how many songs uh, did you cut? Did you make? Did you record? And how many did you cut? Things like that. Um, I don't think we cut any on this one. Um, I believe that all the pre-production we had, we had been working on for quite some time. You just felt good um, about it. Uh, because you got to remember, too, that Nice Things was done like three or four years after our last one. Yeah. And uh, it was just kind of like a, a welcoming back record for us, you know, like, whoa, this is how you do this. I almost forgot kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, really, we kind of just wrote to record. Um most of the songs we never even played before we recorded them, to be honest. Um, some of them, we've been, we've been playing at shows for a year or so at that point, like uh, Taking Care of Business. We've been playing that one forever. Um, but, like, I Will Destroy You, I don't think we ever played it uh, live before we uh, recorded it. I mean, a few of them were like that. Like this, the country song Scart has on there, I don't even think we've ever played that since, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, 
we still have yet to play um, Head Like a Hole either, to be honest, because it's it's long. Yeah. We're drawn out. And I mean, it's, again, it's part of one of those things where you got to listen to the whole freaking record because it makes sense in the long run, you know? That's right, yeah, so, the Nine Inch Nails cover. I forgot that one was on there. Yeah, that's pretty dope. We, we, uh, there's a really cool video for that. Head like a whole cover. Uh, uh, yeah, head like a whole cover. Um, it's got a whole bunch of like old school retro stuff from Florida from back in the day, and the whole video is just kind of old school Mickey Mouse and old school like uh, the Springs and the you know the mermaids and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Check that out. Oh, it's cool, man. That's that's on the old YouTube's. That's on the old YouTube. On the YouTube's. I believe you can go find us at the Supervillains Spoiler Fly. Supervillains FL, I think. That's our uh, our YouTube. YouTube channel? Cool. I believe so. Mm. So uh, the process the process with uh, Mike, did you go to his house? Uh, we went to his house, and um, we kicked his girlfriend out of the house for like eight hours a day, and she came back, and we all left. That's pretty much what we did. <laughs> Poor gal. <laughs> but, yeah, we... Uh, you know how Mike is, man. He's super quick with everything. Like drums are, you know, his his forte. So generally, uh, I, you know, that takes the longest to set drums up and make everything sound good as far as drums go. And he was done with that real quick. Yeah. Um, we ended up doing. Probably into, I forgot if we used his drums or mine. I think we used most of my kit, uh, my crush kit. And uh, we, you know, he was really quick with that. And as far as editing drums and stuff like that, he did that as we recorded. Yeah. So that all got done super quickly. Um, and then, you know, just from there, then the fun process happens when we're all just sitting around in the room, you know, smoking out and getting things going, you know. So it was it was good. Um, total pleasure. Guy's got a great ear. I think sometimes he's got too good of an ear, you know. Yeah, and you're no, just like, damn I want it, it to be, uh, <laughs> yeah, again, or just like you know that almost sounds too perfect. Like let's make this sound a little raw, man. You know, <laughs> you played that too well. That's Seriously, funny. yeah, no, he's Seriously. he's a good dude. He definitely knows what he's doing, and um, the whole system, his whole workflow, and everything. It's he, he's got it down, man. I mean, he's an all around great player. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. If he had to substitute in my band for anything, you know, it would be awesome. You know what I mean? Sing great. You know, that dude's all around badass, you know? Yeah, he's got a really good uh, attention to detail. Very much. Yeah. And he's not just paying me to say all this. <laughs> Checks in the mail, Mike. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, I think ours was, our record was done, like the drums and bass were done and it was eight days. And, and the guitars, because I, I was actually, it was rad because we had the drums going, got a couple of those done, and I set up my interfaces that I brought in his living room with uh, the Kemper there, and he sends me like rough bounces of the drums, uh, sometimes with bass that Nick had already done, and I just load them into Pro Tools and I just record my guitars and just had this whole workstation thing going, and uh most of the record was done in eight days as house. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we had a really good rough, like a, all of our rough tracks were pretty decent because we had been, you know, I've been, I've been spending some time putting them together and really we just replaced rough track after rough track after rough track and before you knew it, you know, we had a really nice solid foundation, you know what I mean? And then all the rest, you know, like I said, we had like violin player come in and we had like, you know, the full horns and all that stuff and 
we had a uh, started playing lap steel and all that shit for that country tune and um you know uh the head like a whole tune was recorded elsewhere that was recorded uh dan actually our old bass player dan had a big hand and and you know more or less writing and performing a lot of that so uh he did man he did a lot of stuff on it we did live drums for it but we added a lot of electronic drums as well in there it's a nice blend it sounds really good and it uh it goes with the with the record well as far as the whole sound you know yeah i mean as, as far as that goes too i mean you'll probably notice a big style change of the villains too with nice things and going forward because dan was doing a lot of uh you know, Dan had a lot to do with how the orchestration of things went and a lot of the bass, you know, stuff went. I got to tell you this, um, you know, saying all that, BJ being in the band now is almost like it was supposed to be like that. You know what I mean? Really? I, I really feel like BJ playing bass is how this band is supposed to be for since its inception. I mean, he, he is the exact, he's the fucking bread and Scott and I are the peanut butter and jelly. You know what I mean? Like that dude, just he plays with us so well. I mean, he really does. And he's such a great player. I had no idea. I'm, I'm such an asshole. I had no idea he played so well. Wow. I mean, uh, you know, when we when Dan ended up leaving the band, BJ came up and said, hey, can I try out? And I was like, okay. Like, why? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and like, literally played like three or four songs of this right there. And I was like, done, finished. Like, this is fucking great, man. Wow. And I mean, BJ, you know, it's it's all in who you surround yourself with, man. BJ is just another one of those characters, dude, that this band would not be a thing without BJ. He's been working for this band almost as long as we've been a band, you know, and he just takes care of so much, man. He takes care of the bus and he takes care of some of the drive. Well, most of the driving... You know, he plays his bass. When something small breaks, he's on it. He's fixing it. You know, fucking tire goes flat. That dude knows exactly what to do about everything. But, you know, you know how these RVs are, too, man. Like, they're fucking huge. There's a million things that can go wrong. And uh, BJ is BJ is the first one to hop on it, tackle it, and get it taken care of. You know what I mean? Like, the dude's serious. And then, like I said, playing the bass for us, he's just such a natural fit. He just works. It's like a good fitting pair of pants. <laughs> Dude, that's that's fucking priceless, you know. Like absolutely <clears throat> having having like <laughs> every guy in the band is always like doubling as something else, you know, like the mechanic or the web guy, you know, the social right. media guy, whatever, the art guy, something like that. Um, having having I mean, someone. Who's the, uh, the only person I really haven't talked about would be Josh, and that's our saxophone player. And uh, you know, same same fucking thing, dude. That dude is a perfect fit for this band and you know, he just it's so funny because he's uh, he's a bit different than me personally you know what i mean he's got a little crunchy hippie to him you know what i mean mm -hmm. and he's he's a little you know sometimes i mean he would understand if i said he's a little out there sometimes i'm sure you know and when he first joined the band that was a little questionable but i mean now there's i i feel like there's nobody else that fits the part you know not even saying anything negative about Smalls because the Smalls, you know, of course, one of my best friends and always will be. But just for some reason, I just feel like Josh is, he's in there and like, holy shit, it's just a perfect puzzle piece, you know? Well, it's uh, it's better than, you know, the opposite, thinking like, 
it, oh, this guy, oh, I can't wait to get somebody else. This isn't right. You know, it's like, it's good to feel good about, you know, maybe the last guy was good too, but like, it's good to feel good about your current situation, you know? Right. Absolutely. I, I, for once, and you know, not, I wouldn't say for once, but you know, for a good amount of time now, I really feel solid with the, you know, the members that we have and everybody plays their part and everybody is always on, on point and professional and, and ready to go. You know, and I love that shit. For a, for a long time now, I've, I've, um, I've really wanted to add a second guitar player to the band. Um, and, uh, and then lately, like the last year or so, I've been wanting to uh, possibly add like a horn section at some point, <clears throat> just to kind of fill out the band more, like fill out the parts, have more going on on stage, like, because um, I feel like I'm starting to write songs that are just like, and I feel like I've already written songs that could have benefited for, from uh, having a little bit more going on, like more horns and you know, I would love to have somebody filling in like the rhythm while I'm doing a solo or and vice versa. Like I would love to get like a shredder. Like um, at, that's all hopefully will happen at some point. But do you have any ideas about that? Like maybe growing the band or are you happy with the number of people you've got now? Well, I mean, uh, more more people equals more money and more problems. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's always... another mouth to feed and another Absolutely. footprint in the band for sure. Absolutely. Another, you know, another butt in the seat, another mouth to feed. I mean, there's a million things you could say. Um, in an ideal world, I would love to have a trumpet player, you know, but I just don't, I don't think we need it. Number one. Number two, I don't, you know, again, this is a very finely, finely tuned machine over here. So to throw another uh, gear in there, it'll be like, shit, you know, I don't know if I'm ready for that quite yet. Yeah, and I mean, you know, as as things progress and as time goes by and as more money comes in, that might be something different. But for now, I would say that what we have as far as instrumentation is perfect, and I think it's perfect for what we do. You know, that's good. Yeah, <clears throat> you're you're happy with the 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 current configuration, definitely. I I think about that too. Is like not only is it, you know, a footprint of another mouth to feed. It's it's like above all else. I think is super is like most important is like adding someone in that just doesn't fit over time. Like, you know, everybody up at first is like, everybody's cool, right? It's just like having a girlfriend or a boyfriend. It's like, everybody's cool. But then after a few months, start to show their true colors, <laughs> you know, and they start to unfold and like, you see, oh shit, like I don't get along with this person or this person's a fucking slob or, or whatever, you know? And like, definitely that, that crossed my mind too. It was like, oh man, it'd have to be somebody that really like fit and um, wasn't annoying and, you know, and was I mean, it's so tough, dude. It's like a double-edged sword, man. It's, yeah. it's so crazy because you definitely want to fill out your your roster there. But like you said, that that to me too, man. I'm so particular with people. I'm so I'm the worst, man. I like you said, like a slob. Like I, I that wouldn't fly, and the boss that wouldn't fly. Not with anybody, not just me. But <laughs> you know, people are weird, and people smell, man, and people got weird habits and yeah. snore. And, God damn it, I got enough snoring as it is in the bus right now. <laughs> so. Totally, dude. I remember we, uh, well, so that tour with you guys and us was 2010, I believe. And uh, I remember being on your bus one day and you were yelling at somebody, maybe it was Big Boy, to like vacuum up the floors. It's like, dude, have you vacuumed? Like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> crumbs and shit or whatever it was. You're like, it was nice. You were like, you know, cracking the whip, keep it, keeping it clean. Well, I like to think, 
uh, I'm hard on people like the crew guys a little bit. I know I'm, I seem like I'm being hard on them anyway, but you know, I got to say for the people who have worked with us before and you know, that, that currently have moved on to brighter pastures, every single one of them is ready to go. You know what I mean? Like big boy right now is working for less than Jake. Yep. You know, emo is, uh, you know, emo, the guy we've been, we worked with forever and ever. He's working on seriously crazy major tours. He's on with Green Day and Shania Twain and all that stuff. And you know what? Like when we met these guys, they really were just starting in the industry. So I like to feel like I have a, a little bit of a hand in grooming them toward, you know, bigger and better things, you know. I'd say definitely. It's same with us. Like <clears throat> we've had uh, crew guys in the past that like, for a while, we felt like um, we, t- <laughs> for a while, we took it personally. Like we were like mad when people wanted to leave. We were like, "What do we do? What 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 was wrong? What can we do to fit?" You know, like we felt bad. But honestly, it's like crew guys. They they want to and girls. You know, they they want to. There's they they're there to start out, but like they ultimately they want to get more money and they want to go. They want to grow and get do bigger gigs. And I totally understand that. You know, there's no there can be no there can be no hard feelings about it. Um, and uh, you know, they don't, they don't have a stake in the band like you do, so they're not going to stick around forever. But um, right. we definitely groomed a lot of crew people that were very green when they came in. And we're not like, I don't want to say we're like hard on our crew guys, but like we definitely make sure that they, um, they're doing what they're supposed to do and they know the expectations. And we're all about like uh, goofing off and being silly with each other. And like we treat everybody like family and stuff. And everybody gets... Everyone gets the hospitality. Everybody, everybody gets. Everybody gets to hit the bottle of whiskey. It's not like that, you know. It, it's, it's just that like when it's time to work, you know, we expect certain, uh, a certain quality of work, you know, and um, eventually it gets to a point where it's like, you know, we can't pay them as as much as they're worth, and they know it now, you know, and uh, and all of a sudden here they are, they're going to work for, fucking Prince, you know, fucking Carlos right. was working with Prince uh, all those years, and, um, right, and and uh, fucking Chips, our old old merch guys like doing merch for fucking everybody now you know it's like chips is just like the biggest whore isn't he <laughs> he's, he's like all, he's like everywhere doing everything that fucking guy man i love that it's dude admirable. He's always i don't know that i've ever seen a smile not on that dude's face like that dude he's a good dude man and i think you know again like you're saying it's important for us to embrace the fact that we've raised them right and now it's time to set them off into the world exactly they're leaving the nest you know? <laughs> Yeah. And big boy, we pushed a little bit out of the nest, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but look at him now. He's, always, he's working with less than Jake. He's fucking Evo kid now, dude. Oh, he's loving his life. That guy. He's getting to watch all of his favorite bands every night. And, you know, I always, always, always picked on that kid. But you know how much I love that little fucker, man? I've always, always picked on him. Just because, like, I don't know how you've been raised, but... If people didn't pick on you a little bit, that that means they didn't like you. You know what I mean? I love to pick on that little kid because I love that little fucker, and I'd take care of him as long as I possibly ever could. You know? Exactly, man. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a good dude, totally. No, that's not poor emo. I think he might have had a fucking brain aneurysm a couple times with us, but you know the same shit. Like, just the people you love, you sometimes you gotta bust chops and you gotta have fun with them. And if that comes across as being hard on people, then I don't know what to fucking tell you. you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> you definitely gotta have some thick skin i mean this is a crazy business well that too you're dealing with a bunch of people who are in hurry up and go hurry up and go patterns constantly you know well hurry up and wait sorry hurry up and wait you know patterns so we're always totally. all frustrated and bored and we're ready to go 
So when it is time to work, you're, like you said, it's time to work when it's time to work, and it's time to have fun when it's time to have fun. Yeah. 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 And most of the most people understand that, you know, crew guys, especially when they first come on, they're really excited to work. And um, <clears throat> and now Alex, our tour manager, is really he's pretty gelled. Like he knows exactly what to do and booking the hotel rooms and like getting just getting everything we need. Um, and uh, he's just gotten really good at his job, you know. So, you know, we, we raised his pay a couple of times. Like it's just, you know, you, you find people that are that become valuable and it's like you don't want to lose them, you know. Oh, absolutely like our tour manager right now i would probably lose my mind if he took off because he helps with everything you know he's on top of everything and he's like one of those guys where you're like can you handle this and he says yes then you know for a fact it's going to get handled and everything's going to be taken care of you know and uh you know we have a dual purpose guy our, our tour managers are our merch guy and you know he's a fucking great salesman he's been you know, he does what he needs to do up there and he's friendly to people and, you know, he's helpful. And I like to think he has a good time doing it. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's good when you have good people. It's, it's hard. They're hard to come by. You know, we've been through definitely a lot of people that just don't get it, you know, and aren't interested in the long game because that, that's what this is all about. You know, yeah. you start working with us, you're just starting to know the ropes and understand. And there's definitely another step after working for us and everything you know, yeah to be to be honest you know, shit yeah i think that <clears throat> that for this whole entire business whether you're a crew or the artist or you're the management or whatever it's all about the long haul and it's like if you're in it you got to be in it man 200 percent. otherwise fucking go home because it's just you know yeah it's it's tough yeah, and I believe that both of us have successfully uh, accomplished that. I mean, even if we broke up tomorrow, I've accomplished being in a fucking do it, yeah, a DIY band fucking since 1997. I'm pretty stoked about that. You know? and, and I know you guys are right, you know, right there. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be 24 years next summer for us. That's fucking crazy. It's insane. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't believe them. I've never been in any other band. <laughs> it's just this band. Yeah, this is the only band I've really been in full time. Um, you know, the, the Goods is the side project that I've been doing for, I don't know, five or seven years. And that's just like a fuck around with your homies getting drunk and playing tunes like for reels. <laughs> like uh, we have uh, Bobby Goble from Junkie Rush and uh, Black and Dan from One Drop. And uh, uh, Smalls plays with us and shit, you know what I mean? So it's a good a good um, mixture of really, really good musicians. And it's fun to do, but I just never have time for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's nice when you can when you can afford to fuck off a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so uh, we can start wrapping this up, but um, what, what's uh, what's going on new for you guys? You got the new record, starting to work on that. Um, what else? Tours? Yeah, we're working on that. Um, in the, well, actually, we're about to leave, what, in uh, three weeks, we're going to do Texas and Colorado. Nice. And then after that, we're coming home for Christmas, and we're going to try to get this uh, record done um, over January. And, of course, you know, the whole time we'll be doing Florida stuff. And, you know, we never really stop with the Florida thing. That's kind of how we keep our ball rolling is just keep picking, you know, spots in the country, I mean, spots in the state to, to do and we have, you know, our regular, like, New Smyrna Beach things that we do once a month and stuff like that, where it's just kind of, I mean, there's our practice right there, to be honest with you, shit. You know? Yeah, it's the, it's the pancake breakfast. We do it every month. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> so I love that place too. That place is dope. Yeah, we've we've had stupid good times there for sure. Absolutely. Mark and Heather Absolutely. take care of us. Big time. Mark, hey, you know, Mark is probably one of my favorite humans. I love to give him a call once in a while. I love talking to him. He talks like this. Hey, Dom. <laughs> that is fucking uncanny. You boys coming over my place to play? What? Y'all need some more Jaeger Monster? That's not even exaggerated. No, it's not. That it's sounds exactly, exactly like him. I thought I was talking to Mark right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> right on, man. Well, uh, let's keep in touch. Let's do this again in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do a video one. Yeah, we'll do a video, video so podcast. I can, so I can show off my muscles and my, uh, my big fat gut. Tattoos and shit. Fuck yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, man. I know I, I'm toying with the idea of doing a, a live podcast at some point, but I, I got I to gotta work on my mobile rig. I'm trying to upgrade it, get some better gear, because uh, the shit I'm working with now on the road is like real shitty mics and just sounds bad. So Yeah, that's what that. I went to school for. I went to school for broadcasting when I was a youngster. T- didn't we all? Oh, yeah. Yep, I did that too. So I, can, <clears throat> I can pronounce the letter W very well. W, 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 keep it yeah. locked. Wow. <laughs> far noise, far noise. Concert tickets. <laughs> well, it's good to talk to you, man. You too, brother. Um, yeah, man, let's link up. I'm sure you'll be down here sooner than later. Yeah, for sure. So everybody can, check, can uh, check you out on the socials, right? All over the place. Yeah, um, pretty much. If you just Google the Supervillains, everything comes up. Or you know, we're at Supervillains FL for Instagram. I think uh, Facebook's just the Supervillains, and um, our website is the Supervillains.com, where you can get tickets for anything and everything. And then uh, all that shit. The catalog is on Spotify, correct? Catalog's all on Spotify. You can get every single tune we've ever done, I believe, on Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff, man. Go check it out. And do us a solid. Buy the whole album. Buy the you whole fucking cheapskate. record. It's only ten. Yeah, damn cheapskate. Oh yeah, really? What is ten bucks, bruh? What is ten bucks, bruh? I just wasted ten bucks on a lottery ticket like five minutes ago, bro. Yeah, you. See, everybody out there is listening has spent ten bucks on way worse shit. Absolutely. Yeah, this Absolutely. is something that's gonna last you forever. Ever, 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 ever. <laughs> or for the next for the next twenty years till the world blows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm betting on, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right on, man. Well, uh, good to talk to you, and uh, I'm sure we will be talking really soon. Sounds good, man. Thank you, Howie. All right, buddy. Later. All right. All right. Don Moresco from the Supervillains, everybody. Good dude from Florida. Um, he likes fishing, and he likes uh, he likes playing his, in his ska band, you know? Um, if you don't have any other stuff, definitely check out the Supervillains on Spotify, iTunes, um, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, great songs, fun band, fun to see live. Don't forget to uh, subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Spangler. Check out the vlogs and the other interesting stuff I got going on there. Hoping to add some more content uh, over the next few weeks. And um, please uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And uh, rate and review at iTunes if you would. It really helps get the uh, get the word out for people to, to discover the show. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, once again, my thoughts are with the family of Stan Lee. What an amazing creator. We're going to miss him. That's crazy to think that. I thought he's going to be around forever. Um, 
Cheers to Stan Lee. Thank you for listening to Tales from the Green Room. We'll see you again soon for episode 40.